Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Great. Did you guys eat a lot of food? So much food. Bigger. Did anyone have to like get new pants or new pant size or belt size after? Yeah, I know, right? You're like, oh man, right? Uh, I'm I'm gonna be in a uh, buddy of mine's wedding, and they all told us that we we're gonna go get our like suits, you know, measured and stuff like that. And then they said to us, they're like, don't do it before the holidays, please. They're like, you'll don't do it. They're like, you'll come back. It'll all be different sizes, you know? <laughs> they're like, wait till January or February and then do it, you know? They're like, bad idea trying to get measured in the holiday time, right? But um, all right, guys, real quick. Tonight, I have, I have a message that is a little bit, I don't know, I feel, yes, a little bit awesome. Thank you. No, no, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit deeper, and so I just wanted uh, just to bring some Christmas cheer first before we start, okay? So we can officially celebrate Christmas because... Uh, Thanksgiving's over, right? So real quick, what did the elves call it? What do the elves call it when Father Christmas claps his hands at the end of a play? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yep. Uh-huh. There it is. There it is. All right. Uh, who is Santa's favorite singer? <laughs> who said me? Who's <laughs> I am. I am. Yep. Who's Santa's favorite singer? Elfish Presley. Hey. No, no, that one sounded like it hurt some people. Wow, okay, all right, okay. Maybe he went to the North Pole. Maybe that's what, he's over there. He's still there. That's where he's been this whole time. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. Um, what do you say to Santa when he's taking attendance at school? present. Man, this is like hurting you guys. I don't know if I keep doing this. It went from laughter to, I don't know, to like moaning, you know? Johnson sound guys in the back like, stop it. It's hurting people. Do, you, do I do another one or am I done? Okay. All right. All right. It's, I feel like I'm hurting you. This is weird. I thought he'd bring Christmas cheer. It's bringing like, like I'm throwing coals at you or something. Like this is, this is rough. Okay. Here we go. Uh, let's see. <laughs> maybe this one's sad. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I feel better. Okay. Why was Santa's little helper feeling depressed? Because he had a low elf esteem. Oh. Can we laugh at that? I don't know. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> anyway, Merry Christmas. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> All righty, guys. So uh, I have something for you I'm going to show. Uh, we have been doing a, we started a series uh, called, do you guys know what it was called? Do you remember? Powerful. powerful. And last week we talked about being a powerful person. This idea that you are not called to just be the victim. You're not called to be the one who, who just, it's just, it's out, life's out of control. I can't make powerful choices. Woe is me. I'm just the victim. I always react. I never actually, right? We say, no, that you are called to be more than a conqueror. You are called to, to take charge. You're called to do things for God. You're called to be powerful in your choices and in your life, right? 
And so last week we talked about being a powerful person. And, and tonight, the title tonight is Powerful Soul. Powerful Soul, right? And, and oh, cool picture. Wow. He looks like, please, right? <laughs> All right. So Powerful Soul. Real quick, what are these guys? These are soda cans, right? Soda cans. Um, real quick, I need someone. Emily, try to squeeze this. Try to crack it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now someone else. Someone else. Here you go. Try to. Try to... <laughs> nope. Not even a dent. Hmm, there's a little spot. Right there. <laughs> Diana, can you do it? Can you do it? No. Nope. Nope. I know, you're all scared. It's going to blow. Okay. Unable to be dented. Okay, here, try this can. Here. Stand up, try this can. Show the people. Yeah, stand up. Stand up. There you go. Show the people. There you go. go. Oh! Oh! Right? Wow. Wow. Okay, now do this one again. No. <laughs> right? Okay. So, what is the difference with these? One is full, one is empty. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, the can, there is no difference with the can. The can is no difference, right? They're both Dr. Pepper cans, right? One of them is filled inside and one of them is not. One of them is so easily succumbs and cracks and breaks underneath the pressure because it's not filled up inside. Whereas the other one, it's like it doesn't even notice the pressure. <laughs> Actually, she was squeezing harder, giving more pressure on the one that was full, and yet it still wouldn't dent. Barely little pressure destroyed the one that was not full. Uh, Basically, it doesn't matter if this can wanted to be strong or not. It doesn't matter if the can was like, I can stand, I can make it, I'm going to do it, right? Regardless, it didn't matter. It wasn't a matter of opinion. It was actually how full was it. Uh, this, uh, another analogy for this I'm going to go into tonight. This one's a true story. It's kind of it's sadder. Uh, but basically, there was this uh, story I heard the other day that really spoke to me. And I was like, oh, man. There was this famous golfer back in the 90s. Uh, his name uh, was Payne Stewart. And he basically was an uh, amazing golfer, won all these awards, was a total like millionaire guy because uh, of all his awards and things like that. He was flying on his jet, uh, going, and says he was literally looking for another place place to build another house kind of a thing, right? It's super wealthy guy. He's on the plane, and uh, basically they, they start to notice that the plane is going a little bit off course. And, and so the radio towers call in and everything, and there's no answer on the, on the mic or on the radio. And, and so they keep calling, keep calling, no one's answering. Finally, they're getting a little worried, so they send up uh, planes, jets beside it, to kind of try to like steer it and say, hey, what's going on? And they notice that all of the windows had ice and were frosted inside, and they couldn't see into the plane. I know this sounds crazy, right? But what happened is they know what that means. That means that there was a depressurization. Basically, that the cabin lost pressure. 
And so the outside atmosphere got into the inside atmosphere and made it the same. And it's too cold up there. So basically all the oxygen gets sucked out and basically everything freezes. And so unfortunately, the, the people passed away and died. But what was crazy is the plane was set on autopilot. And the plane had a full tank of gas. And it flew for about 1,500 more miles just flying. And no one would have known any different. They just see a plane going by. Until finally, it ran out of gas and it crashed in uh, like North Dakota in some field. Okay, yeah, luckily no one else, right? It landed in a field. Nowhere near where the original destination was supposed to be. All because the inside was not taken care of. And the pressure of the outside got inside. You see, so often we are so good at putting ourselves on autopilot and just getting through what I need to get through. Get through school, get through work, get through home. Do it again. I have a Monday routine, Tuesday routine, Wednesday routine, right? And you're like, party, it's Saturday, I'm so tired, I'm just gonna sleep the whole day, right? And then, okay, here we go again, right? Right, and we're just so good at autopilot. And everyone around us, yeah, they're flying. They're totally flying. They don't look like they're having a hard time at all, right? And only the ones who get close who are trained to know, they can see. They're like, something's freezing inside of you. But really, we can fly for a long ways on autopilot and seemingly do really well. But eventually, eventually, we'll get off course and eventually, down the road, crash because we're frozen inside. You see, there's... It doesn't seem that important, but taking care of the inside world is drastically more important than taking care of your outside world. And so tonight, I want to talk about having a powerful soul. You see, you could easily be like, it's not the can's fault, it's Diana's fault. She crushed the can, right? Poor can. <laughs> right? Right? But, which is true. You could say it was not the plane's fault. It was the atmosphere sucked all the oxygen out and froze it. Right? Yes, that's true. But it's because that was able to get in because the inside wasn't filled up. Because the inside wasn't taken care of. And, and so, yes, we could be a victim and say it's not my fault. It's their fault. They're the ones who hurt me. But ultimately, it's our fault that we're not filled up inside. And so tonight I want to talk about uh, what is that? It's your soul. Your soul is uh, uh, three parts, right? They say it's your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? And so your soul is the, the thoughts you have, the emotions you feel, the choices you make, right? Like your willpower, all this is, is that inner flame, that inner thing that you need to keep warm. You need to choose to protect. Be powerful and protect this thing, right? Because if you don't, it'll start to freeze and you will end off way off course in life. And so, uh, basically, I want to go after this thing of how, what is it, how do we protect it, how do we make sure that our inside stay, stay, stays warm, stays on fire, and doesn't go out, 
Can we do that tonight? I know I'm sorry. This is like, everyone's looking at it. Oh, dang. Right? I told you. I warned you. I gave you Christmas jokes. I tried. You know, like, like, like but I just felt like it was on my heart that, that, that people need to know how to steward the inner flame to keep them going. It's so easy just to turn into autopilot. And I don't want Christians and all of us to be just autopiloting through life. When, when you're always meant to have like a, a fire on the inside that doesn't go out. So why does this happen? It happens because this thing of, uh, we call it a lot of times in ministry, feeding the monster. You see, a lot of times there's the ministry and then there's the monster. I came into ministry because I want to pray for people, preach to people, see them encounter Jesus, like see them get healed and set free. That's why I came into ministry, right? I didn't know ministry would also include that I'm the guy who needs to paint the wall in the youth room you know, and nail the, nail the cool frames on the wall, you know, or change the light bulbs and things like that. But they need to get done. There's other things in ministry that you, don't, you didn't account for, you didn't think of, but it has to get done. Bill's got to get paid still. Like, who's got to vacuum the ground, you know? Like, things like that. And you have this monster in your life. You have the things that you love to do, the things you desire to do, the things that you make you passionate and come alive, right? But you also have the the responsibilities of stuff you just got to deal with, right? And, and, and what happens is, so we just call that thing the monster. You got to feed it. But the, the main hassle, the main problem is when we actually begin to feed that more than feeding our actual souls. See, that's where the mess up comes in, is when I begin to feed the monster first, more prioritize, feed him first, and then with the leftovers, give it to my soul. This is when we start to actually get, get off. We forget to feed our slow, and so, slowly, the once real flame, that encounter you had with God on that missions trip, that encounter you had with God at, at, at Crux Camp or another camp, that encounter that you had, <laughs> that encounter you had with God was so real. It was so real right? But what happens is, is we kind of just go into autopilot. We stop feeding it, and it slowly just starts to fade away. And so often, we're the ones where we say, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. God understands. I'm really busy right now. He understands. And it's true. God does understand. But your soul does not understand. God will have patience. God will be like, yes, it's okay. I'm ready the minute you want to come back. But your soul is like, feed me, right? (laughs) It's like your stomach. You can't be like, I got to work, stomach. Sorry, you can eat on Saturday. You know, your stomach's like, no, (laughs) right? Your stomach's like, feed me, I don't care, right? And you can choose to give all your food away if you wanted. You could do that and be like, I feed you every Sunday morning. Be happy. Every Sunday morning, you get fed. The rest of the week, I give the food away, okay? Your body's going to be like, <laughs> right? Like, right? And you're going to be dying, right? And yet we do this with something much more valuable, much more important than our stomach, our soul, right? We're like, ah, oh, feed you on Sunday, right? I'll feed you Thursday night. And the rest of the week, it's like, help me, right? And we're like, it's a shut up, right? And so your stomach will eventually, if you don't feed it, will go numb, and the pain will go away, which is a sign that you're starting to starve. Your soul will go numb if you don't feed it after a while, which is a sign your soul is starting to starve. We have to feed this thing. So often what happens is then we become depressed, we feel alone, we start to harden. We start doing things that we never thought we would do. We're starting to get off track with the plane, right? We run to, uh, to other things 
to try to fill us up, right? Things start to come in, um, and, and basically, we start to uh, do things we, we never would have expected. We start to run to relationships. We start to run to entertainment. We start to run to, to money. Or, or if I just get this job, or if I just get that guy or that girl, or if I just get uh, this grade in school, right? Maybe that'll warm my heart back up. And it might, it might for a moment, but then we look back and we just start to freeze again, right? Because we're not actually doing things to wake our souls back up. And so tonight I want to go after what are two things that you can do to really wake up your soul and keep it on fire, okay? Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, here, you guys ready for this? Okay, so basically these are two, I have two theological things and then two real practical things, okay? All right, so here we go. The first one, point one, this is how you keep your soul warm is you rest in the Father's love. That sounds super easy, you know? That sounds like kindergarten stuff. It is kindergarten stuff, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, whoever, everything I need to learn, I learned in kindergarten. That's what they say, right? You know, it's like, I never moved past. They taught me to read. I never moved past from reading. Like, it just stuck with me forever, right? And so there's things I learned as a kid that are the most important things, right? Resting in your father's love. You see, God is all merciful, all comforting. Uh, he's sympathizing. But do we believe he's like that with us? Am I doing what I do to try to impress God or impress others? Uh, or, or, or what do I truly believe about me, about God? Do I think God is perpetually just ticked off at me? Do I think God is perpetually disappointed in me? Do I think God is perpetually angry with me? Or all these things, right? Because if I do, it is going to create this domino effect that changes my life and messes me up. You see, because a lot of times we go after the behaviors. We go after like, uh, oh man, you messed up, dude. I can't believe you did that, bro. You messed up, right? <laughs> right, or myself, I messed up. But it actually, before I did the behavior, it was something that was already in my emotions, my mind, my soul. And the reason it got in my soul is because the thing below that is basically my true belief about God and myself. If I think God is angry at me, ticked off at me, thinking I'm not doing enough, what happens is my heart, my mind, I start to think thoughts and believe and feel things and say, I'm just not good enough. I just can't make it. I need to work harder to impress people. I need to, right? And then now our behaviors start to reflect that, right? But it's not the behavior's fault. It's actually an issue all the way back, this lie that creeped in that says you're not resting in your father's love. If you go after God's love for you, it'll change the behavior. It'll get to that. But if you go after the behavior, you might change that, but you'll never get to the root issue that you don't think God thinks you're enough. Or maybe you don't think you don't think you're enough. <laughs> right? So Psalms 86.15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. If we don't actively try to push his steadfast love into our hearts daily, we'll begin to basically start to freeze and we'll begin to get off course. You gotta daily do this, you know? How many of you have ever had moldy bread? How many of you have ever eaten moldy bread? How many of you look forward to eating moldy bread? <laughs> right? Like, Ugh. It depends on the roommate. Like, I'm the guy right in the middle. I'm like, is this still good? And half my roommates say, no, nah, throw it out. Half the other roommates are like, I'd eat that, right? <laughs> and so it depends, right? Uh, so the thing is, food from a week ago isn't enough for me today, right? 
So the revelation I got from God at camp six months ago, three months ago, two months ago, whenever it was, that encounter was good for then and I can build off of it, sure. It is not enough for me today. I need to have a fresh filling with God daily, right? It's not enough for me. I don't want, right? Like I need something daily to come into me. I need something daily to fill me. Question, what's the difference between escaping, escape and refuge? It's on one hand, yeah. Exactly. He got it. Escape is running from something. Refuge is running to something. When we're stressed out, when we have that broken moment, do we escape and run and say, I just need to get out of the topic. I just need to run away. I need to like just entertain myself with Netflix or that guy or that girl or, or, or food or sports or hobbies, right? Do I just escape and run to just get away from my issues or do I seek refuge in the rest of the Father's love? Which one do I do? When I'm stressed, do I just say, I just want to do anything to forget about this right now? Or do I say, God, I need you right now. Come and fill me up for today. Yesterday's comfort isn't fixing today's brokenness. Like I, I, need, like I need fresh comfort today, God. Right? There is this infilling I need today from the Lord. You got to rest in the Father's love daily to awaken your soul and keep it warm. The second one is this. You warm your soul, keep it warm, by living the word, not just talking about it. <laughs> right? Okay, so two examples right here. There's a, uh, a tree and a pipe. Both of them are conduits of water. Okay, so a pipe can move water through it, right? From A to B, right? Plumbing, pipe, right? Trees also, they take water out of the ground, put it in their roots, their trunk, it goes out of their leaves, it evaporates out back into the sky. They also move water, okay? One of them is cold and dead and lifeless. One of them actually takes in the water, grows from it, produces fruit from it, right? Are we pipes or are we trees? Do we hear the word of God and on Sunday and then just and then flow it through, tell someone else about it, great. Or do we let it, do we meditate on it, let it change us and grow from it? And the idea, though, is a tree doesn't try to make fruit. The tree just focuses on taking in water and sun, and if it bears fruit that blesses other people, amen. <laughs> right? But it focuses on just taking in the water and the sun. And then that produces the fruit. So many of us, we try to like just get the water so we can get the fruit and we skip the whole tree thing, right? You know, like we just try to be fruit for people or like do move the, move the word here to there, right? So how many of us, we know we should pray, but when was the last time I got on my knees and I actually totally prayed, you know? Psalms, Psalms 62 a it says, oh, my people trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, our God, our refuge. When was the last time, do you remember the last time you got on your knees and you poured your heart out to God? 
right? You don't have to have a clean vocabulary to God. You just be like, God, I don't know what the heck's going on, Blah, right? You know, you're allowed to just give it. He already knows what's happening in your heart. You might as well talk to him about it, right? Like, get it out, right? And when was the last time you did that? If you don't remember, it's already been too long. <laughs> right? Okay. In worship, when was the last time in worship when I got down and I just opened my arms and I said, forget everything. I'm worshiping you, Jesus. If you don't remember, it's been too long. When was the last time we set aside a, a, a thing for the word of God and we just read it, not to study it, not to like memorize necessarily, or not to like try to figure it all out, but just reading it and being like, change me with this God you know like and we read through it so quickly we read things like uh like forgiveness this is one that'll quickly freeze your heart we read something that, that we go through and we're just like forgive others as you forget as I forgave you amen and then we just water pipe right through move it out move on to the next verse what if we stopped right there and said whoa God who have I not forgiven and we let the word get inside of us and then we actually said oh wow that person, I forgive them, God. I let it go. Like we actually stopped. Like the word says, give thanks. And we stopped and said, oh. Rather than be like, oh, that's a good thing. I should be thankful. Woo, got that one, right? What if we stopped and said, oh, it said give thanks. I'm going to stop right now, close my Bible. Thank you, God, for my mom, for my dad, <laughs> for I don't care what it is. When was the last time you stopped and actually lived the word? The word says, tell people about Jesus. When was the last time I, I, I actually went up to someone and was like, do you know about Jesus? If I can't remember, then it's been too long. Oh, right? Like when you actually live the word and don't just move it through you and pass you and it, like a pipe, move it through. When you actually live it, it keeps your soul alive. It keeps you going. And if you don't, this is what happens. We encounter, we live out the word at camp. We make a quiet time. We worship. We pray. We talk about Jesus. We think about Jesus. We everything's about Jesus, right? We're like, oh, this is great, right? And then we basically come down from the mountain, and we go to work, and then we go to autopilot. And we just soar and fly for a few weeks. And then we look back, and you're like, how come I don't feel like I did at camp? We're not living the same lifestyle you did at camp. Like, like spend time with Jesus, you know? Like, like you got to get these things inside of us that actually, like, oh, man, I can't even. Can't even we got to get this thing inside of us, right? I just can't even right now, right? Yeah. So here we go. So there's two things, guys, that we, we have to focus on the Father's love. Focus in resting. Make myself rest. Psalms 23, it says, he makes his sheep lie down in green pastures. It doesn't say, and he politely asks his sheep, would you please lie down now? No, it's like he makes them lie down. There's moments where you have to be like, time to rest. I'm going to go be with God. Okay, so two quick practicals, okay? And then I have this exercise thing we're going to do, okay? So first practical, I gave you two theological. One is make sure you're resting in God, okay? And then the other one is live the word. Stop when you're reading it and actually do it, right? Don't just read it to meet your chapter day quota. Who cares if you get stuck on one verse that day? If you're living it and you're eating it, you're pulling it in, dude, live in that verse for a week, you know, when it's, as it's giving you life, right? Don't just try to like, I'm going to read the whole Bible, in a year, like that's good, but maybe you get stuck in Genesis all year, you know, like, like there's life in, li in, 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 in living the word, okay? All right, so 
but two practicals. First one, prioritize our calendar with planned time to be with God. Uh, A lot of this, I wish I could say I came up with most of this. A lot of this is a collection of different pastors who've who've taught me how to be healthy. Um, And one of them was this, uh, he's from Emmanuel Faith. He's not far away. He's a senior pastor there. His name's Dennis Keating. He says this. He says, the calendar that doesn't include time to fill you up will suck you dry. (laughs) Oh, dang. The calendar that doesn't include time to fill you up will suck you dry. If you look at your calendar right now, it's all these meetings, appointments, things you got to do. Does it say on there, Jesus time? Does it say on there, like, half day, go hike with Jesus alone? (laughs) Right? Does it, right? You can tell a lot about what you're prioritizing based upon what's in your calendar. So So actually put Jesus in your calendar. Just real practical. Pull out your phone. I have a phone, a little alarm. It goes off, and it literally says Jesus time in 30 minutes, right? And, it's, and at this time in the morning, Jesus time, <laughs> right? Because well, that's how I want to start my day. Other people, it might be the afternoon for you or night. doesn't necessarily matter which one. But make time in your book or your calendar or whatever. Set alerts to go off or things to remind you. Make time to be with him. You see, Jesus did, Jesus actually did this, okay? When we look, Jesus himself, he had three years of ministry on earth. He was here for 33 years, but only three of them, he was actively in ministry, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, David, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fact check? Yeah? Yes. Okay. Cool. Three years, okay? So, okay, Jesus, God in the flesh, has three years to change the world. That is stressful. Talk about full-time salary job, right? <laughs> like, like, I got three years to change eternity forever. Let's go. Okay, so, right? Counting down the days and go. Okay, this is what it says. It says in Luke 5, 15 to 16, it says, but now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. That's a cool thing. If you had thousands of people come to you like, Heal me, you know? (laughs) Maybe that's cool. Maybe that's terrifying for some. I don't know. But it says this, verse 16. But he, Jesus, he would withdraw to a desolate place and pray. See, Jesus had people pulling on him. And it wasn't people were just like, Taylor, I need your advice. It was, I have leprosy. I'm going to die. Help me, <laughs> right? It's not, it's not like, a, like a simple issue, you know, first world problem. Like, I don't know what job to choose. It was like, my arm's falling off. Like, <laughs> like heal me, <laughs> right? I can't walk, right? Like, it was like big deal issues. And he had thousands trying to get to him all the time. But he would, he would so it's, he's doing it multiple times, he would withdraw to a desolate place and he'd pray. If Jesus needs to make time to get away regular basis, how, how, how dare I think I'm okay just to go on autopilot and just keep going? Wow. I'll make it. 
just keep flying, just keep flying, 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 right? Crash and burn, right? Like, <laughs> no, I need, I need time to get away with Jesus. So real practical, turn your phone on do not disturb or leave it in the other room, <laughs> right? Because I promise you, the minute you spend time with Jesus, every friend that wants to hang out, they didn't want to an hour ago, now they all do, right? But it's seven in the morning, they shouldn't want to hang out right now, right? But they will, something will happen and your phone will start going off the minute you try to be with Jesus. So just be like, you know what, phone, you can't behave. You're going in the other room right now. Like I am spending time with Jesus. Your work, your school, your friends, they can wait one hour. They can, right? Most emergencies, if you found out an hour later, it's still just as bad, right? <laughs> it didn't change a thing, <laughs> right? And so you might as well be filled up going into that emergency than going into it and not having any Jesus time, all right? So, so literally, you can stop and be like, yeah, I know. Sure, my boss might be a little more frustrated with me that he couldn't get a hold of me that one hour, but he's already mad anyway because it's an emergency, and I might as well be filled up by Jesus. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Right? You, uh, and I tell people this all the time. They're like, yes, but I got homework, and I got studies, I got projects, I got to do all this stuff, right? And it's like, okay, yes, but I would rather, yes, I want you, do good, do well, do great in school, right? Do good in school, kids, okay? Right? Like, I, I want that, I advertise that, okay? But, but I would rather you graduate with, like, a lower GPA and a heart on fire than have a perfect 4.0 whatever and your heart is on autopilot and frozen and you're on your way to crash. Right? I would say you have to prioritize first. I do my homework after I spend time with Jesus. Right? Like this, this is huge. This is so important, guys. And so... Um, hold on one second. Jesus prioritized keeping that inner flame, that inner connection with his father going. If he did, then man, I need it too. I need to not be a victim of everyone else who needs me. And that monster, right? I can be powerful and make the choice and say, no, this is my Jesus time. So what I do, a couple practicals, is I do, that every, I do that every morning, right? And I block out time to be with Jesus. I also have a deadline at night where, like, after 10, you're not getting hold of me because I'm winding down and reading with Jesus, right? And, and, right? And, and there's other times, too, where it's like if, I, if I'm at a special time with my family or with someone I care about and you're calling me, calling me, calling me, or something like that, and I'm, and I'm in the middle with somebody, I'm not answering because I'm prioritizing this moment. Right, uh, and same thing, and, and they can be like, "Dude, I tried to get a hold of you," and it's like, "It's okay." Like, I'm sorry you didn't in that moment. You might, be, if you're frustrated, okay, but I, I made time for Jesus right now. I also do this where I try once a month. I'm not perfect at it. I'm, I'm this is something I'm trying this year. Is I try to make at least a day every month, half a day or full day if I can. Me and Jesus alone all day. I go for a hike go to the beach, go to my favorite coffee shop and read. It looks different for everybody, but you and Jesus, this isn't time to sit back and watch TV and get filled up by entertainment. No, it's a time to be with Jesus. Just like you schedule an appointment to be with somebody all day, you schedule it with Jesus to be with him all day. I'm not gonna be like, hey, Joel, you wanna hang out? I'm gonna watch TV all day. 
right? You know, it's like, no, like we're hanging out, we're doing something. And, and then protect it, put it in your calendar, just like you would an appointment. If someone's like, yo, you free on Saturday? You look at your calendar and you're like, oh, I forgot. No, I'm not. I'm not free. And if they say, what's going on? Just say, I'm already hanging out with somebody. You don't have to be like, I'm doing Devo time all day, being really spiritual. Like, no, like you just, I'm actually already busy. Can we hang out later that night or maybe next weekend? So every day you need time and every month, I would say at least once a month, time where you block out the whole day to be with Jesus or half the day if you can. Try half the day first and you'll realize you want the whole day, okay? So, and I want to encourage you during that day, turn off your phone or don't answer it. You know, people can, they can wait one Saturday, (laughs) you know, or half a Saturday. And if something comes up and you have to actually change it, just like you would with a friend, if we were going to hang out and something came up and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I would immediately reschedule a time to, to hang out with him the next day or the next weekend. Do the same thing. Don't just be like, well, maybe next month I'll go for a hike with Jesus. Like, no, find a time immediately to reschedule it to, just like you would with any relationship that you value, right? So, and I value my relationship with Jesus, so I'm going to do that. Here we go. Last thing. Are you okay, guys? Okay. So we had two theological deeper ones and then two practicals. First one is put it in your calendar, okay? The second one is we fill, up our, we fill up our souls, we get them warm again, by being transparent with friends and not faking it. There's times where you quote-unquote fake it in the sense that I'm not going to get up here and be like, ah, to like 30 people, right? We know, <laughs> right? But I will go to my close friend and be like, dude, this is what's going on. I'm not going to isolate and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, <laughs> right? And they're like, dude, the windows are icing up, like, in you. I can see it. You okay? I'm fine, right? Like, no, be transparent. So, you, you guys, we're acquainted with too many, and we are known by way too few, you know? If you're going to make it long-term in life, okay, don't wait for friends to come to you. Go to them and build a relationship. If you don't, what happens is those inner frustrations, those little inner things, they will build up and eventually they'll lead you to some kind of like a secret sin life and then you're shameful and you won't tell anyone and then it just derails you and then you just kind of fall apart, right? Whereas if I would just say, dude, this is what I'm going through right now, help me, right? I can, I can immediately get somewhere, someone with it. I need a friend that'll be brutally honest with me. About, yo, dude, you got this thing going on right now, <laughs> right? I need a friend who will tell me, you got broccoli right there. <laughs> Get that out. You're embarrassing me, <laughs> right? You know, like I need friends like that who will be brutally honest and vice versa. It's healthy. It's how you make it through life. And if you don't have that, I want to challenge you, go look for it, okay? It's worth it. Schedule time. Go after them. It is worth it. It is so worth it, Right? to find that. It's worth the struggle. So in conclusion, basically, you're a powerful person. We are meant to have powerful souls. We are meant to, to choose what to do with our emotions and, and with our minds and with our wills, okay? We're meant to be powerful and choose to protect them. Don't just let them be affected by this world. Don't just let them go on autopilot, right? Actually prioritize them over your homework, over your jobs, over every other relationship in your life. Prioritize protecting your soul and its connection with Jesus, okay? Two ways you can do that. One is through resting in the Father's love, and two is actually living out the Word of God. 
through praying or worship or the word or forgiveness or thankfulness, whatever it might be, okay? Two practicals, prioritize and get it in your calendar. The second one is build a community that you can be transparent with. Sound good? Awesome. So this is what we're going to do, guys, is I have this right here. Uh, I know this was deep, theological, all this stuff, right? So I say I'm really practical, so I wrote out soul food. That's what I called it, okay? This is something that hopefully will feed your soul. I put it right here on this, this paper. It says, number one, rest in the Father's love. And it's basically say this prayer. Father, will you show me right now how much you love me? What do you want to affirm with me? And it says, don't move forward until you hear, feel, or, or think something that God told you. Don't go to number two. We're like, oh, Jesus, you love me. All right, number two, right? No, no, actually sit and be like, God, let me, let me feel your love. And just wait on number one, because that one is the most important. Then move to number two. It says praying. Take a moment to pray and pour out your heart to God. Not just, Jesus, thank you for this day. And Father, I ask that we'll have a, a great rest of the day. Amen. Right? No, no. Pour your heart out. Pour it out. God, today sucked. I don't know what to do. Help me. Right? Actually pour it out. Okay? And I gave you a little spot where you can write as much as you want. Okay? Or you can go all over. Right? The third one is forgiveness. I talked about that for a moment. That's a quick way to ice your heart up is not to forgive. So is there someone you need to forgive? And then you actually write, Father, I forgive, and put their name right there, right? And then pray this prayer, okay? Next one is thankfulness. Want to keep your heart alive? Be thankful, okay? So basically, 10. Here's 10 right here. If you can't come up with 10 things to be thankful, already your heart is getting way too hard, okay? So 10 things every day to be thankful for, <laughs> okay? Right? This one here, number two. The next one is the priority is the calendar. Here's steps to do daily and monthly and get it into your calendar. Here's a little notes of thing you should avoid, okay? Next one, community, right? It says, pray right now and ask God who are three people I should pursue in community. Write their names down. Text them and contact them right now telling them you want to meet up, right? So real practical, do this. This is what we're going to do. Instead of small groups, for the next 20 minutes, we're going to turn on worship music. I'm going to hand these out, and I'm going to ask you guys to go through these. Start to do this. You can sit on the ground. You can lay on the floor. You can sit in the back, whatever. But just give 20 minutes to fuel your soul up with this plan, okay, and to actually start to go after this thing. Does that sound cool? Sound good? Awesome. And then after that, we'll hang out and stuff. But Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you're doing. God, I ask that we would have powerful souls, God. I ask, God, that we would not be on autopilot and just make it through life. I ask, God, that we would be on fire, that there would be a warmth in our souls, in our hearts, in our minds, that we would be so connected to you, Jesus. In the midst of a busy holiday season, we say there's nothing too busy to make time for you, God. And so right now we even make time we literally say this is more important than small groups is time to process with my god and so god we give you this time we ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you begin to change our lifestyle to reflect this we love you lord in your name amen thank you for listening to the crux podcast sermon of the week be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from summit church